hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Matthew 7:24. Welcome to Jesus.com podcast, KOFC Kadosh. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Hallelujah. Christ my Glory be to God. Got questions in the corners of your mind. Traces of discouragement and peace you cannot find. Reflections of your past seem to face you every day. But there's one thing I know for sure that Jesus is the way. And Jesus is the answer for the world today Above Him there's no other Jesus is the way And Jesus is the answer for the world today Above Him there's no other Jesus is the way And I know you've got mountains That you think you cannot climb And I know that your skies are dark And think the sun won't shine But in case you is the way and Jesus is the answer for the world today above him there's no other Jesus is the way and Jesus is the answer for the world today above him there's no Jesus is the way, and Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above Him there's no other. Jesus is the way, and Jesus is the way, and Jesus. Now, let's welcome the pastor of this dynamic service, Pastor Kwesi Abedu. 
Hallelujah. Kindly be seated shortly. We'll take a song from Kafri. Put your hands together and welcome Kafri.
bless you, Kafri, for that wonderful song. Shall we be on our feet? I just want you to pray and thank God for his goodness and his mercies towards you. There are people who would wish they were in your position this morning or this afternoon. Somebody couldn't get up from bed this morning. Somebody died this morning. Somebody lost a father this morning. Somebody lost a mother this morning. But you are here. Don't be like the ungrateful leper. Thank Jesus. Thank him for the gift of life. To be able to be alive. Thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, we thank you for your goodness, for your mercies. Right from January throughout the entire year to this month of December, we thank you. Oh, Rakateria, Sutalabakiri, Andalabasantalababa. He is jealous for me. Loves like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden, when all of a sudden, I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory, I realize just how beautiful you are and how He's jealous for me. He is jealous for me. I don't know about you, but he's jealous for me. Loves like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory. I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. And oh, oh how he loves us, oh, oh, how he loves us, how he loves us, oh, and oh, and oh. Love. 
gives a price Drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes If grace is an ocean we're all singing So heaven meets earth Heaven meets earth like a smoker suitcase And my heart stands violently inside of my chest I don't have time to take these regrets when I think He loves us, he loves us, oh how he loves us, oh how he loves us, oh how he loves us. Father in heaven, we thank you for this afternoon. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. This is your meeting. We pray, Lord, that you will be glorified. I yield my members to you. I dip myself in the blood of Jesus. Anoint me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. I pray, Lord, that you will speak a word in season to him that is weary. Use my lips, use my tongue, use my mind, use my eyes. I pray, Lord, that none of us will leave this place the same. Grant us faith to receive your word. Grant us meekness to receive the engrafted word of God that is able to save our souls. I pray for signs and wonders to follow the preaching of your holy word. May there be miracles, may there be healings, may there be testimonies in the precious name of Jesus. I pray, Father Lord, that you'll be glorified in your word, in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody say a loud amen. Put your hands together for Jesus and you may be seated. Hallelujah. I want you to turn and look at your neighbor. Make sure you're looking at your neighbor eyeball to eyeball. And tell your neighbor, I love you. Some people can't say it. But you've been saying it in different places. I said, tell your neighbor, I, 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 I love you. And there is nothing you can do about it. Put your hands together for Jesus. Did you bring your gifts? Who brought his or her gift? Hey, the rest of you, why? You don't give. Where's my partner? Where's my partner? No, it's not you. Ah, you are here. Come for your gift. Come for your gift. Powerful gift. You know, when you see the rubber, you can see where the gift is coming from. You're blessed. All right. Next time you are getting partners, make sure you get a good partner. <laughs> Hallelujah. We also have a very special person in the service today. 
She's Lady Pastor Geraldine Juma. Please give the church a wave. She's the wife to one of our bishops, Bishop Andy Juma, in Swaziland, right? Yeah, hey, he's been in Swaziland for a very long time. Yeah, Bishop Andy Juma in Swaziland. They are very wonderful people. When we were in Kolegono, a couple of people asked me that is she my sister. <laughs> I don't know if she looks like me, but I got a couple of people asking me if she's my sister. Amen. They've been serving God for a very long time. And we thank you for gracing our service with your presence. Put your hands together for her one more time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, I started sharing with you from our presiding bishop's book, Backsliding. How many of you remember? Backsliding. And I'm continuing on backsliding. Amen. You know, tell your neighbor that the message that your pastor is preaching is not for somebody else. Tell your neighbor, it's for you. <laughs> you know, because sometimes you can come to church and think that, oh, if Kwamina had come to church today, he would really have been blessed. <laughs> Amen. So as the sermon is going on, you are thinking about your brother, but you are not thinking about yourself. Amen. You know, God uses human beings' mouth to bring his message to his children. Amen. So anytime your pastor is preaching, it's God speaking to you. Amen. And so don't think that this series of backsliding that I'm preaching about, you say, oh, mommy, I'm in the church. I even just became a shepherd last two weeks and I've joined the prayer ministry. So this backsliding looks like for the people who are not in church. No. Arm yourself with this word so that in that day of trouble, you will benefit from it. Amen. Oh, I said amen. amen. All right. So I've been sharing with you from backsliding and then I'll just quickly recap so that those of you who haven't been around who backslid a bit and they are back, <laughs> you'll be able to catch up with the message. Amen. Amen. So first of all, I told you that backsliding is a spiritual condition that happens to Christians, people who have given their life to God. They are giving their hearts to Jesus. They are serving God. They are working with God. And then they begin to fall off the faith. They begin to slide in back into sin. Amen. And I gave you three, three descriptions in the Bible about backsliding. In the, in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet because God had called him to Israel in a time where they were backslidden. They had drifted away from the teachings of God and from the ways of God. So God called Jeremiah and told Jeremiah that, look, go and get my people to turn their hearts back to me. Amen. So in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 32, the Bible says that, can a woman forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? He said, yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Amen. So here, Jeremiah was talking about the state of the people of Israel in their backsliding state. And he said, the way the people have forgotten God is like a woman who has forgotten her ornaments. 
As we sit here, I can't see any woman who's not wearing earrings. Ornaments. Some are wearing two chains. <laughs> earrings. Yeah, it's a, very it's a very shocking thing for a woman to appear in church without ornaments. But the Bible says that people have forgotten God and they don't think there's anything wrong with it. Then it says that it's also like a, a, a bride, somebody who's going to get married and has forgotten her wedding gown. Can you imagine? Yesterday I was at a wedding. The bride was looking beautiful in her wedding gown. <laughs> yeah. Nobody appears, no woman appears at her wedding without her wedding gown. But the Bible says that people have forgotten God. They can't remember that once they were lost and they have been saved, they have gone back to the world. Amen. Then the third description I gave is from Proverbs 26, verse 11. Proverbs 26, 11. It says, as a dog returneth to his vomit. As a dog returneth to his vomit. So, <laughs> a fool <laughs> returneth to his folly. Amen. The Bible says that when you see a dog who has vomited and is about to eat his vomit, it says what you are looking at is just like a fool who has become saved, washed by the precious blood of Jesus, and is going back into the world. I mean, imagine you have malaria. <laughs> and then these days, the malaria tablets, they are, they are friendly. Hey, those days where you have malaria, you take chloroquine. You have to hold your nose, cover your eyes, cover your ears, and then... <laughs> Swallow the thing quickly before you taste it. Because when you taste it, it can easily come back. <laughs> yeah. So imagine you have malaria, and then in the, in, the, in, the, in the midst of the malaria, you vomit. <laughs> with yellow with some, sometimes you see the rice inside the vomit. <laughs> and then you have gathered this, this, this vomit. You have collected all and put it in a plate and add that shit up <laughs> and you are coming to eat can you imagine how nasty it is can you imagine but the bible says that people who have come to know God and are trying to leave the church you see you look like somebody who is coming to eat vomit You see, usually vomit is food that you yourself, you have eaten. You have taken in. That has just come out. But you can't take it back. <laughs> Poopoo is food that is inside your stomach. You ate it. Sometimes it's actually, you know, sometimes the nicest foods, when they come out as poo, it doesn't smell nice at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> If you eat a good meal and you poo-poo, oh no. <laughs> it's food that has gone inside of you, but when it comes out, you can't eat it. You can't eat it. So the Bible says that, look, when you come to Christ, there is no, there's nothing like I'm going back to the world. 
Some of you, you've left this foolish boy that was spoiling your life. Just last week, some two text messages he sent you. It's like you are reconsidering it. It's like a slice of poo-poo. <laughs> a bottle of vomit. <laughs> With flames on the side and you are coming to eat. Amen. So this Christmas, make sure you don't backslide. Tell your neighbor, don't backslide this Christmas. Last year, I know you backslid. But this year, develop your staying power. (laughs) Hallelujah. Then we talked about the causes of backsliding. How many of you remember the causes? I gave you two main causes of backsliding. Two main causes of backsliding. In Hebrews 12, 1, the Bible says that, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, he said, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which that so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. So here the Bible says that the Christian walk is like a race. We are running a race. And it says that as you are running a race, there are things that will slow you down in the race. It says one of them are weights. And I told you that weights are not necessarily sin. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Weights may not necessarily be sin, but there are things that slow you down. It's like running with a bag of cement behind you. You can move fast. Amen. And some of us have weights that are slowing us down. Weights. Some of us, the weights that we have, they are habits, bad habits. We can't categorize them into sin, but you know that the bad habit of sleeping, <laughs> bad habit of not reading your Bible, yeah, is making you backslide. Amen. Then it says the sin. Tell your neighbor the sin. Tell your neighbor, by the way, what is your sin? <laughs> it says, and the sin that so easily beset us. In other words, it's the sin that you easily do. Easy. It comes to you easily. Not all sins come to people easily. But some people lie. Oh, they will lie to you right now. You don't even have a passport, but you have been lying to people. Oh, last three weeks I was in Dubai. Last four days I was in here. Lies that won't take you anywhere. It's the sin that so easily besets you. Amen. Amen. And then I said to you that the second cause of backsliding is offense. Offense. You know, you must be careful that you are not offended. I mean, you will be offended. But what I said was that you must be careful that that offense does not move into bitterness. Amen. In verse 14, it says, Follow peace with all men and holiness 
without which no man shall see God. Amen. The Bible says that you must learn to live at peace with all men, not some men, all men. Your mother, your father, your sister, your friends, your pastor, your shepherd, your sheep, everybody. He said, try and live at peace with them. Some of us, we have, there are too many fights in our lives. You are fighting with everybody. Everybody. Every time you are doing a voice note of insults. Five minutes. Oh, five minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fighting. Says, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see God. It's very scary. He says, holiness and bitterness, these two things, they can prevent you from seeing God. Then he says in the next verse, he says, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Amen. You see, bitterness, it affects other people. Many times when you don't like somebody, you don't want everybody else to like that person. <laughs> so you start telling people, oh, that guy, oh, he's not, he's, not, he's, not, he's not a nice person. Oh, he's very proud. He's very, you start spilling your bitterness. And then it begins to affect other people. That's why the Bible says that any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. You see, when you are bitter against somebody, it troubles you. <laughs> it troubles you. You see that you yourself, you are not comfortable. When you see the person, then you are not, you can't flow. There's something not right. <laughs> yeah. So he says it troubles you, and then you also begin to affect other people. Amen. So you see that people who, who become offended with the church, they start saying bad things about the church. They start poisoning other people about the church. A good church like this, you will find people who can say bad things about a nice church like this. Yeah. There are churches where they bath members. There are members who don't even say bad things about the pastor. Yeah, the pastor baths the members. Holy bath. Some of you here, you have gone to be bad before. <laughs> yeah. But even in those churches, they don't say bad things about the pastor. But you can get a good church like this with one of the best prophets I've seen in my life. But you can still have people who are, who are saying bad things. Amen. So you must be careful that you are not offended because when you become offended, immediately you will see that you are, you are, you are, you are exiting. Amen. Today I want to share with you about the symptoms of backsliding. My time will just allow me to share with you maybe just one symptom. Now what is a symptom? A symptom is a sign that there is something that you cannot see <laughs> or that is not obvious to you. Amen. Amen. A symptom is a sign. Amen. A sign. So what it means is that when somebody is on this journey of backsliding, there are signs that show that the person is backsliding. Signs that show that. You see, and many times when you are not an expert in something, when the signs are showing, you will not see, you will not know that there is, this, this means that. <laughs> For instance, I'm an architect. 
When I see a crack in a building, I know what it means. There are some cracks that are more dangerous than other cracks. So whether the crack is horizontal, horizontal, vertical, diagonal, wavy, I know what it means. One of the most dangerous cracks you can see is a straight vertical crack. It means there's a structural problem. That building is likely to collapse. So when you go to your room, begin to look at the cracks. <laughs> Usually when you see a wavy, thin crack, it's just mortar crack. Those ones are not serious. So you can be living in a room with two straight cracks. You just be enjoying yourself in a room. But when I come and visit you and I see the crack, I'll say, ha! What are you doing in this room? Why? Because I'm an expert and I understand that crack that I'm seeing. Amen. So sometimes when you have a problem, you may not even know that you have a problem. <laughs> you, 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 as you are moving around, you don't even know that you have a problem. One day I had a friend and he was always weeping. Always. Every time it's like he needs to pee. I said, hey, this guy, he said, oh, he, like, he drinks a lot of water. So I thought, oh, okay, he's into healthy things. <laughs> then one day I was with him and a doctor. And then he was into this, his wee-wee thing. <laughs> and the doctor said, no, have you checked your diabetes status? The way you are wee-wee is not normal. It's possible that you have diabetes. Truly, truly to his word. When the guy went to check, he had diabetes. Yeah. He thought wee-wee was a nice thing. <laughs> he drinks, then he wee-wees, he drinks, then he wee-wees. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a nice thing. But he didn't know that he was living. That sign, that wee-wee that he's wee-wee is a very serious sign. <laughs> Amen. So as a pastor, sometimes I talk to people and as they are talking to me, I can detect something. A sign shows up. I tell them, no. I think that this thing that you are saying, this is where to lead you. Sometimes somebody brings the beloved. I ask the beloved, when are you going to get married? So I've not thought about it. It's a sign. <laughs> it's a sign to me. Yes. The Bible says that love is as strong as death. <laughs> Many waters cannot quench it. Yeah. Songs of Solomon. He set me as a seal upon my heart. As a seal upon my hand. He said, when the love is in your heart, it will be on your hand. <laughs> love that is in your heart that you don't want to show. It's not, it's not, it's not a proper love. He said, don't tell your pastor about this relationship. It's a sign. <laughs> It's a sign. He <laughs> said, let's wait small. Let's wait. Maybe two years time. Then we tell pastor. It's a sign that you are in a very bad relationship. <laughs> Amen. So these symptoms help you to detect that ah, this guy, is he backsliding or he's not backsliding? <laughs> Symptom number one. Bad company.
Bad company. Bad company. I don't have to know where you are headed for. I just have to look at your friends. As soon as I see the kind of friends you have, I can predict your future. Easily. All I have to see are your friends. So you see a Christian. All your friends are unbelievers. I can predict where you are headed. Christian. All your friends listen to unbeliever music. I can see where you are headed. (laughs) All I have to do is to see your friends. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians um, 13, I think. 1 Corinthians, I think, 5.33 or 15.33. It says, be not deceived. Be not deceived. Anytime in the Bible you see this, this, this word, be not deceived, it means there is a tendency to think that what, what you're about to read is not true. For instance, the Bible says that be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that also shall he reap. In other words, there are people who think that I can sow and I won't reap. I can do this and nothing will happen. <laughs> I will sow, but I won't reap. Or I won't sow, but I will reap. (laughs) There are are two deceptions. So the Bible says here, in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says, be not deceived. Be not deceived. It says, evil communication corrupts good manners. That word communication is behavior or lifestyle. Evil communication or company. It says when you communicate with people who are into evil things, it doesn't matter who you are, it will corrupt you. That is why as a Christian, it's important that you are intentional about who is your friend and who is not your friend. You see, some of us, we just allow anybody to become our friend. You must decide who is your friend and who is not your friend. Jesus, he chose his friends. The Bible said that. And after he went into the mountains, he came back and he chose unto himself 12 that they may be his disciples. He chose them. He chose them. You must choose your friends. Don't allow people to walk into your life just anyhow. Choose them. Scan them. Say, you, I want you as a friend. You, I don't want you as a friend. Yes. The fact that you are good doesn't mean anything. He says that an evil person can destroy your life. Sometimes you say that, oh, I'm trying to follow her up. I'm trying to win her to Christ. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Amen. You know, when I look at somebody like Solomon, I'm surprised. Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man that lived. Solomon. King Solomon. Hey, when you read about Solomon in 1 Kings 10, you'll be amazed what he achieved. The guy was wild. 
He didn't used to use glass to drink water. He uses golden vessels. When Solomon is drinking water, the container is gold. In 1 Kings 10, 27, the Bible says that, and the king made there to be in Jerusalem silver to be as stones. <laughs> the Bible says that when Solomon was king, in the town that he was, silver was like stones. My God, Father, give Ghana a president. <laughs> Who will let there be in Accra <laughs> silver to be like gold, like stones? In Solomon's time, when you go to the nursery schools, they are folded 50 Ghana City notes. They are doing aeroplane. That's King Solomon. Powerful guy. But in first Kings. Chapter 11, the Bible says about Solomon. It says, but this thing made nonsense of all of Solomon's wisdom. This, 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 this verse, it makes nonsense of all of Solomon's wisdom. It says, but King Solomon loved many strange women. Together with the daughters of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, Hittites, hey, Solomon, Dansman girl he likes, Temanutan girl he likes, a girl from Dubai he likes. In verse 2, it says, concerning the nations of the which the Lord God had said, do not go in unto them, neither let them come in unto you. You know, there are some people, you must not make an effort to befriend them. And there's another group that you must not allow them to befriend you. Yeah. That is how you, you, make, you make company. Either you instigate, initiate, or they initiate. He said, don't go to them. Don't also allow them to come to you. He says, for surely they will turn your hearts away unto their gods. But Solomon said, Dabi, he said, they cleaved to them in love. Verse 3. He said, he had 700 wives, princesses, 300 concubines. Hey, Solomon, Charlie. <laughs> and the Bible says his wives turned his heart away from God. Solomon's company made useless all the wisdom that he had. 
Sometimes I've seen intelligent people take decisions and I wonder, how can such an intelligent person take such a foolish decision? Company. Company. The person you allow to come around you. That is why you must be careful who you marry. Solomon's wife turned his heart away from God. When you marry the wrong person, you can backslide. Oh yeah, you want to come to church? He says, let's go to the disco. He tell you that, oh, unbeliever music is not, it's not too bad. So this one's talking about life. It's talking about love. He says, oh, this one is just to do dancing exercise. <laughs> he said, there are no gospel funky songs that we can do exercise with. So, yeah. He said, this one is just for, it's just for exercise. <laughs> Amen. But he turned his heart. You are not even Solomon. Think about it. You can't even pass your exam. He's <laughs> Solomon. He's Solomon. I mean, he had a vision. God appeared to him in a vision. Talked to God. God said, I'm going to make you wise. Indeed, he made him wise. Even the gold you are wearing is fake. <laughs> it's fake, fake gold. But the guy used to drink in, in, in golden cups. His company made nonsense all his wisdom. And he was warned. But he didn't listen. Look, your company has a serious effect of you, on you. Some of you, your friends have more influence on you than, my, than, 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 than me. Yeah. That's why your life is the way it is. Because you come to church on Sundays, you hear a nice sermon. Oh, you are ginger. Oh, I'm going to walk in holiness. By Monday, wrong company. Then they start turning that heart away. Choose your company properly. I'm very careful about my company. Yeah, I, I value relationships. Value relationships. Yeah. And when I look at my life, I can see that, look, somebody like Prophet, he's a major influence in my life. Major influence in my life. I can see it clearly from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. I can see it. And you see, in any relationship, eh, when the relationship is over, there are some people who suffer than other people. And you must always identify what kind of relationship this one is. When I look at my relationship with my children, if that relationship spoils, they will suffer more than me. But when I look at my relationship with Bishop Dag, if, I, if that relationship spoils, I will suffer more than him. <laughs> One day, a man of God was, was, was bitter against his father. He said, I won't go and apologize. The wife said, go and apologize. I won't go and apologize. I said, go and apologize. I said, look, you, you have only one father. He has more than three children. 
You just happen to be one of the children. Go and apologize. He said, he thought about the thing. I said, hmm, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. You have only one father, but he may have a lot of children. So a relationship like that, when it gets bought, you that you are the child, you suffer more than him. Amen. And your relationships affect you. I mean, when you look at somebody like Laban, Laban, Laban was Jacob's uncle. Jacob worked for Laban. I mean, Jacob looked like an ordinary person that was working for Laban. But at a point, Laban looked at Jacob and he said, hey, he said, I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for thy sake. Genesis 32. He said, I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for thy sake. There are some people in your life, eh? the blessings that are coming to you is not because of you. It's because of certain people. Like when I, when I look at the auditorium that we are in, it's not because I'm anointed. Don't be deceived. <laughs> oh, no. It's because of who my father is. Some people, the, the heat that is meeting them at this, this afternoon. <laughs> it's not anointing. It's just because of who I'm connected to. Yes. That is why we have a nice hall, crisp sound. It's not me at all. If you like, let me say tomorrow that, God forbid, I'm going out to start a new church. K. Abedu International Ministries. Even you, you not like to come. <laughs> so you can easily be deceived to think that oh, I'm something. I'm something. But you are nothing. It's because of who you are linked with. Nepal saw it. He said, look, I can see blessing. And I can see that this blessing is because of this guy. That is how you identify a good, a good relationship or a good company. It brings blessings into your life. Yeah. That's how you identify a good relationship. And a bad relationship or a bad company is one that takes away from you. Yeah. In Proverbs 29 verse 3, the Bible says, Whoso loveth wisdom rejoiceth his father. But he that companies with harlots, <laughs> it means that you associate with harlots. That's a serious thing. Proverbs 29.3. Put it up. Let them see. It says that he spendeth his substance. There's some relationships here. Every time you are losing. Some of you have friends, every time they are in debt, they are following you. Tell a beggar, they need five CDs, I have to somebody out. Bad relationship. That's why you don't have money. They are sucking you dry. <laughs> a bad relationship or bad company, every time they are taken away from you. He says, when you have a relationship or a company with harlots, he says, you spend your substance. 
Some of you, somebody has even come to collect your sperms away. They have collected it. And they, every week they come and collect some. I shouldn't say it. I shouldn't say it. Some of you, you have friends. They are collecting your education away. They are taking it away. Yeah. They are collecting it away. He said somebody who companies with harlots, he spends his substance. Spends it. Precious substance is being spent. The church is very quiet. <laughs> and some of you, you know it. That people have taken away your emotions. Taking away your heart. Taking away your sanity. Some of them have even taken away your spirituality. Taking it. I would say that that is the sign or the symptom of a toxic relationship or toxic company. Depletes your resources. Anytime I have a, 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 I mean, a, I have somebody around me who always seems to be taken away from me, I, I, I begin to think about it. No, I'm not saying that, oh, you have a friend who once in a while you need something. It's okay. But every time this person is drawing out of you, you need to think about it. Toxic relationship. This boy, anytime you meet him, he takes something away from you. Taking something away from you. This girl, every time he takes, he collects something. (laughs) (laughs) If the things they've collected, we put it in a barrel, it will be half full. This company is destroying you. It's destroying you. In Proverbs 13, 20, the Bible says that he that walketh with wise men shall be wise. But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. That's how you identify good company or bad company. By the fruits. By the fruits. You know, recently somebody was telling me, he said, oh, he's a good guy. I said, he's not a good guy. I said, by the fruits of what I'm seeing, this person can, you can't call this person a good guy. It's about time you start judging things by their fruits. Some of you, you judge things by your feelings. It's not by feelings. It's by fruits. You say he's a good guy. Good guys don't sleep with girls. No. He's not. He's a good guy. Good guys will never sleep with you. Never. Judge by the fruits. That's how you judge good company. Otherwise, you'll be deceived. You'll be deceived. 
when Jesus saw that his children were going to be deceived by false prophets, he said to them, listen, they will come in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they are revenue wolves. They are coming for your life. Then he said, wherefore, by their fruits, you shall know them. He said, it's not even by what they say. Judge by their fruits. Judge by their fruits. Every time he's telling you that, oh, as for me, I love God. This morning I had my quiet time. <laughs> it's not by what he's saying, no. It's by his fruits. Meanwhile, every time his hand is under your skirt. <laughs> what mosquito are you catching under the skirt? and put it down. It will catch the mosquito. Put the call down. It will catch the mosquito. Hallelujah. Let me tell you. Your company is critical. You see, you want to be a medical doctor. You have to company with medical doctors or doctors for some time. You want to be a spiritual person, you have to have the company of spiritual people around you for some time. I companied with architects for about six years. When I finished, they said, you have also become an architect. Your company will convert you more than your the wisdom that you think that it's all, it's all, you are smart. Your company. Watch it. Watch it. Critical. You know, before I close, let's do a test. Take down a notebook and write these things. List five of your friends. One, two, three, four, five. Your closest friends. List them. Right now. Right now. Five. One, two, three, four, five. Your closest friends. List them. Your notebook, your phone, whatever. Just write them down. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. List them. Have you finished? Do you have five names? If you don't have five minutes, then you are very lonely. <laughs> you need friends, seriously. <laughs> have you finished? Write your closest friends. Closest. Five. Five. Have you written them? Do you have five? Some people are like statues, right? Then they are standing there. Your closest friends. Just looking into the Now, have you written them? All right. Now look at the list that you have written. Look on that list. Of the five people that you have written, 
How many of these people are more spiritual than you? Check, check the list. <laughs> check the list. How many people on this list are more spiritual than you? Question number two. How many people on this list are more financially stable than you? Number three. How many people on this list are more emotionally stable than you? Somebody said, hey. <laughs> now listen. If on these five lists, the five people that you have written, you don't have people there who are more spiritual than you, you are not going anywhere spiritually. If you are the most spiritual person on this list, it's more likely that you are going to backslide. Why? Because all those other people, they are going to drain your spirituality. They are going to drain your spirituality. If this list, you are the most financially blessed person on that list. I'm sorry, I'm sorry for you. That's your cap. It means that where you are now is your cap. You are not going anywhere financially. There should be somebody on that list that is more financially blessed than you and more financially stable than you who will carry you on that financial journey. There should be somebody on that list who is more emotionally strong than you are able to carry you when you have some crisis. Otherwise, if you are the only strongest person on that list, the day you hit crisis, you are finished. You even have anybody to talk to. Surround yourself with the right people. He says, wise people walk with wise people. But when you accompany yourself with fools, he says, you are headed for destruction. And that is what happened to Solomon. He surrounded himself with 1,000 people that God didn't want to be around him. He turned his heart away from God. You may love God, but if you have the wrong people around you, you can't save him properly. And many times, you see the sign, the sign that somebody is in bad company you can see where the person is heading. That's why I'm very passionate when it comes to relationships. Because it will, it, it, it will either do or undo you. Do or undo you. You marry the wrong person. Finished. Finished. Let me see. You will not even recognize the Christianity in you. Finished. Amen. But my prayer for you is that you will not be in the wrong company. Look, as you go home, eh, some of you have to go and delete some numbers from your phone. You have to go and delete some contacts. Yeah. As soon as that person sends you a message, the person takes you back spiritually about 10 years. <laughs> you go ah, then they take you back. You climb, then they pull you back. Remember, 
recognizes that he accompanies with harlots, spends his substance. Any relationship that you are in that is like you are always given, always given. It's a toxic relationship. Draining the, the, the very existence of your life is toxic. It will destroy you. In 2020, may God give you a spiritual friend. May God give you a billionaire as a friend. May God give you an emotional giant as a friend. May God give you a friend that has good counsel for you anytime you are in trouble. Put your hands together, stand to your feet and take a service to a place. I just want you to pray this afternoon. Tell the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need a friend. All the friends that you have don't help you. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you to good friends. And tell him to give you the strength to break away from bad company. A company of people who are teaching you how to do all the wrong things. Company of people who drink. Company of people who use curse words. Company of people who are not serious with their studies. You want to pray that God give me the strength to leave every company that I don't have to be in. Oh, Jesus. The Holy Spirit is here to help you to break away from every company that you are finding it difficult to break away from. It's held you bound. It's taken away your good relationship with God. But today, you want help. Oh, Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit for this help. Ask the Holy Spirit for help. He is jealous for me. Loves like a hurricane. I am tree. Bending beneath the weight of his weight and mercy. When all of a sudden afflictions eclipsed by glory and I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me
know, you are here and you want the grace of God to break away from bad company. Some company you know is not helping you. Maybe friends that are not helping you to learn. Friends that keep drawing you back into sin. Friends that are not helping you to become spiritual. I want you to come and let me pray for you. He loves us all. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us all. And oh, how he loves us all. Before I pray for you, the Holy Spirit said to me that, you know, the Bible says that there had no temptation overtaken you, but such as is common to man. But God also, with this temptation, shall make for you a way of escape. In other words, any time you are tempted above what you are able to bear. God provides a way of escape. Always. He creates a tiny door of escape. And all you are supposed to do is to run through that escape route. And you will overcome that temptation. Now, what the Holy Spirit is saying is that for some of us, today, He has opened that door of escape. If you can run through that door today, He says you'll be free. You'll be free. Because sometimes something tells you, oh, let me just keep this person around. No. He says, run away and run through this door of escape so that you'll be free. Some of us will have to declare to these people that from today, you and me, we are no more friends. No more friends. I love you, but I'm sorry. We cannot continue. Door of escape. Lift up your hands and let me pray for you.
Father, by the laying on of my hands, I pray, let your grace come over them. I break the chains of bad company. In the mighty name of Jesus. Be free from bad company in the name of Jesus. Be free from bad company. Any company that is not of God, that takes you further away from God, I cast it from the roots in the mighty name of Jesus. Be free from every toxic relationship in the name of Jesus. Any relationship that is aimed at turning your heart away from God, I curse it. I curse it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. May good people come into your life. May you be surrounded by good company. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh yes. Bad company leave. Good company come. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you are here, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. You feel empty. You don't feel worth it. Maybe somebody invited you to church. Maybe you've been coming. But in your heart of hearts, you know that you are not saved. If God was to call you today, you know you are not ready. But you want to leave this place ready. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to give you that opportunity to give your heart to Jesus. To make things right with your maker. Don't leave this place without committing your life to Jesus. You are like that. You want to say, Pastor, I want to give my heart to Jesus. As I speak, your heart is beating. You are not saved. You want to give your heart to Jesus. Lift up your right hand wherever you are and I'll pray with you. Just stand where you are, lift your right hand and I'll pray with you. You want to give your heart to Jesus. God bless you. Pastor, I don't want to go to hell. Heaven is real and hell is real. And the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die. And after that judgment, you want to be ready for this judgment. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lift up the right hand and I'll pray with you. God bless you. I can see your hand. God bless you. I can see your hand. If you have lifted up your hand, do one more thing for me. Keep your hand up and walk to me. Keep your hand up and walk to me. Walk from wherever you are. Come all the way from your seat. All the way from your seat. Come to Jesus. Jesus, give him 
lift up your right hand if you are in the front here. The whole congregation joining. Say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I recognize that I'm a sinner and that I don't know you. But today I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Come and live in my heart. Wash me with your precious blood. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Today, I will follow you. I will save you all the days of my life as you help me to. Satan, I'm no longer your servant. I will not follow you anymore. I will not listen to you anymore. I am a child of God and I am heaven bound. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. It was great having you. You're invited to fellowship with us at the Kadosh Morning Star Cathedral, Sakumono, upstate the regional Maritime University, off the Tema Beach Road. You can send a text via WhatsApp to 0546-125491 or 0548-961. 323 for other messages. Follow us on social media, Jesus.com Kadosh on Facebook and Jesus underscore.com underscore Kadosh on Instagram. Be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. See you this Sunday at 1 p.m. Stay connected. <laughs>